When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. Welcome back to episode 126 of the Brothers Brandt podcast. Rick, tell these viewers what we have in store for this episode. Rob, this is exciting. It's Bruce Bon Jovi and the Brothers Brandt. That's right. Bruce Springsteen, John Bon Jovi, and the Brothers Brandt on the brothers brand podcast what could be better well it could be better if they were on physically on the podcast but we're just going to be highlighting them and how we know them that's a fair <laughs> point <laughs> yeah i guess having both guests on the podcast at the exact same time with us would probably be the most legendary podcast of all time uh, yeah i mean it would be an honor for them to be on it with us Right. Well, we're going to try to make do with what we've got. That's you and that's me. And let's talk a little bit about these rock and roll Hall of Famers, Rob. Let's do it. So Bruce Frederick Joseph Springsteen, known as the boss himself, which, oh, by the way, shares a middle name with yours truly, Mm -hmm. was born in September 23rd, 1949. The recording of this podcast, he is 73 years old. And John Francis Bon Jovi Jr. was born on March 2nd, 1962. He's 60 years old while we record this podcast. And Rob Bruce was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in 1999. John Bon Jovi in 2018 was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which you and I have been to before. 
And I have to point out, Rob, together, cumulatively, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Bruce Springsteen, John Bon Jovi, and the Brothers Brandt have sold out countless arenas across the world for over 40 years, longer than you and I have even been alive. Combined, Springsteen, Bon Jovi, and the Brothers Brandt have accounted for dozens of Grammy Awards, multiple Golden Globes, sold hundreds of millions of records, and for years have produced the best podcast in the sports and entertainment industry. Well, there we go. That's that's us holding our weight in that. That's the way I figured. So, Rob, (laughs) we're going to go ahead and recount our glory days of living on a prayer with these two legends. We met them in person, and they've done so much for the entertainment industry. They've been very involved in the sports world, which will tie into the Brothers Brandt theme. And they also do a lot in their local communities. So I hope the listeners enjoy this rock and roll recording. Oh, this is going to be absolute fire. Um, it's going to be a 10th Avenue freeze out episode. Uh, phenomenal song by the boss. And I see what you did there with the glory days and living on a prayer. Two of my favorite songs. If you had to ask me, Rick, what's your favorite songs by the two of them? Those are probably it. Those are probably it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Love it. So with Bruce, Rob, let's talk a little bit about what he's done here. First, 20 studio albums, most of which include his E Street Band. You're familiar with the E Street Band, aren't you, Rob? Mm-hmm. People say that Clarence Bruce Clemens. Springsteen is the originator of the Heartland rock style of music, combining mainstream rock musical style with narrative songs about the working class American life. It's something that he himself has created. And for six decades, Springsteen has become known for his poetic, socially conscious lyrics and energetic stage performances, sometimes lasting up to four hours, Rob. In 2016, he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest honor any civilian can receive. And that's what he's been doing for six decades. Screaming from the top of his lungs, freedom for all. Through his lyrics, of course. (laughs) Now, I want to tie in a little sports here with Bruce Springsteen himself, because for years he had been They've been knocking on his door. The NFL said, come on, would you perform at halftime? Would you just do a halftime show? You're the biggest figure we can get in rock and roll. We want you to do the halftime show. For years, he said no. He passed on the opportunity. But finally, Rob, in 2009, Springsteen performed at the halftime show down in Tampa Bay, Florida. And Rob, it was the famous Pittsburgh Steelers Arizona Cardinals, 27-23 Super Bowl, back and forth. The, the toe tap uh, toe tap with uh, Santonio Holmes. Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, it had so much. And Kurt Warner. Larry with the, Fitz with the, big, with the big 80-yard drive down the field, like two passes or something like that. We all remember how epic the Super Bowl was. And I personally remember how great the halftime show was. It was funny, Springsteen. A few days before the game, Rob gave a rare press conference at which he promised a 12-minute party 
And it had been reported that this was Bruce Springsteen's first press conference in like more than 25 years. This guy, you know, he kind of lives under the radar. You and I know he's from the Jersey Shore. He lives in New Jersey, not too far from where we grew up. And he could be spotted, you know, just living the average life, going to the local gym. And uh, so for 25 years, the man never had a press conference. Now, granted, he had some epic concerts on stage for all those years. But yeah, never got in front of the microphones for a press conference until the Super Bowl week. And uh, it was funny because he had done uh, a 10th Avenue freeze out, which you referenced earlier, born to run, working on a dream. And then the famous song Glory Days, he he actually, instead of using the baseball themed lyrics, he actually mixed in football references in place, obviously, because it was the Super Bowl. That is awesome. He said, he said it was the busiest month of his life, that, that month leading up to the Super Bowl, all that went into it. And I thought you would find this funny. You know, I wanted to connect Bruce and Bon Jovi with sports, the brothers brand. And um, obviously traveling around the world, these guys are playing in massive stadiums. And when in 2016, it was actually September 7th, 2016, Bruce Springsteen performed at Citizens Bank Park, home of the Philadelphia Phillies in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, for four hours and four minutes. This show was a part of the River Tour back in 2016 and stands as his longest ever show in the United States. Over four hours. That's bonkers. It's crazy. First of all, to have the content and the songs to play for four hours and then just the stamina to do it. And and it's not like he does it once in a while. It's like he'll perform in Philly, Citizens Bank Ballpark, four hours. Then he'll go up to the Meadowlands you know, a couple days later, perform for three hours, three and a half hours. Then I'll go to Boston and perform for four hours. The guy, he just is the energizer bunny. He's 70 years old. He's going on a world tour next year in 2023. It's going to be all over the globe. He's just unbelievable, Rob. Definitely one of the greatest rock and roll artists of all time. And I have to ask, Rob, you have become a diehard, passionate Philadelphia sports fan. Well, with the exception of the Mets, which I can't give up, which sucks. That's true. That's true. But we all know that you root for the Phillies when they're doing well. When they're not doing too well, you don't even talk about them. I understand. I know how it goes. Fair yeah, weather. Fan weather. Yeah, fair weather fan over here. Yeah, go on. Now, the he, Bruce Springsteen, recorded a song called Streets of Philadelphia. Is that or is that not your favorite Bruce Springsteen song? Uh, it is not my favorite Bruce Springsteen song. I got to know. What is your favorite Bruce Springsteen song? Well, I mean, I think there's so many, right? But I love um, uh, 10th Avenue Freeze Out is probably like probably one of my favorites. Rosalita. I mean, geez, can't go Glory Days. That's a good one. I Uh, lose my mind. Those are probably my top three. Um, Born in the USA. USA, Like four um yeah i'd have to i have to go through a list but those are those are the ones screaming to me absolutely and they're screaming out to me as well you know who's also screaming rob john francis bon jovi jr okay bon john bon jovi this guy rob he is he's epic all right he's just phenomenal this guy what doesn't he do 
when I was doing some research in preparation for this podcast, it just like, I'm in awe. I'm in absolute awe of both of these guys for them to do all the things that they've done. Listen to this. All right. So obviously Bon Jovi, he's got the band. He formed it back in 1983. So coming up actually next year is going to be the 40th anniversary of Bon Jovi, the band. So pretty cool there. But when we were younger as kids, I remember one of my best friends, he had uh, organized a birthday party where we went to the movie theater and it was great. It was awesome. Like great birthday party concept. Take 10 to 12 of your best friends, go to the movie theater, enjoy some snacks, some candy and watch a film up on the projection screen. And did you know that the movie we watched that day was U571. Do you remember that movie, U571? Of course. It's the uh, based off World War II, and it's the submarines. That's exactly right. Pretty intense movie. I got to tell you, when I was a kid, I didn't put two and two together, but John Bon Jovi was one of the star leading actors in that movie. Was he really? I didn't even know that. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, this guy did it all. He acted... He's performed on stage. We're going to get into some of his sports connections in just a little bit and all that he's done off the stage. But um, man, just really hilarious because I actually love that movie. Um, it was a great birthday party in case anybody's wondering. Great movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What what did you have that day? Watermelon Sour Patch Kids? I got to tell you, I do remember eating a lot of Sour Patch Kids and Yes, the watermelon flavor you can't go wrong with, but I think at that stage of my life, I was still in the in just the Sour Patch Kids phase. And, you know, they've got all the different flavors. And I was a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a troublemaker, perhaps some would say. And I remember some said you, taking, some, some, and some said you were heading straight to juvie. juvie. Possibly. But at this time, <laughs> I was chewing on them in the movie theater. And then I remember you'd get them to a certain, like, a specific, like, malleable uh, malleable exactly you know what i'm trying to say here so you eat them for a little while you get the sugar and then you take them and you you could either spit them if you were close to the screen but realistically you throw them and you try to get these sour patch uh just gummies to stick to the big screen it kind of was funny but hey there you go um uh, all right on a more I'm real sorry about time. that amc like I, I don't know lows or amc at the time so <laughs> yeah that was uh Good, good times, good times. Uh, so, Rob, getting to some really hard-hitting stuff here in all seriousness. Uh, <laughs> we, got a, we got a podcast to run. Let's get back to the show here. So, John Bon Jovi, he's done so much here. And uh, one of the things is uh, he actually was involved with the NFL. And after the September 11th terrorist attacks that changed the world forever, him and Richie Sambora, they had filmed uh, several public service announcements for the Red Cross <laughs> Uh, they recorded America the Beautiful for the NFL. And, um, you know, he had been involved with sports for a long time, but he's always looking to uh, do stuff for other people. And that's what I've always admired about Bruce Springsteen, John Bon Jovi, under the radar, just really good people trying to use their platform and resources to help others. And um, here's something. Here's another Philadelphia connection I think our listeners are really going to love. The band went on the Bounce Tour. Uh, it's the name of the tour and they made history because rob they played this was many many moons ago the last 
concert ever at the old veteran stadium in Philadelphia, which we had been to as kids. Uh, this was the old Philadelphia Phillies stadium. It's where the Philadelphia Eagles actually used to play football too. Wow. And before they tore it down, Bruce Springsteen, excuse me, John Bon Jovi played the last ever show there. Wow. How about that? That's pretty Another cool. Philadelphia connection. And if that's not coincidental enough, just to give you an idea, back in 2010, when the new New Meadowland Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, which we now know as MetLife Stadium, was being constructed, it was John Bon Jovi, New Jersey native, that played this venue for the very first time back in 2010. I remember going, Rob, I was working for the New York Jets at the time. We wanted to kind of get a feel for how traffic and how the stadium would flow. It was in May that summer. So uh, before any games would take place, we all went to kind of like learn and see. But heck, I enjoyed the show, man. John Bon Jovi, he knows how to rock the stage. Yeah, you had a great time working for the Jets. And going to see some Bon Jovi. You can't beat it, Rob. Yeah, that is awesome. It's kind of like, um, so I went to go see Billy Joel last play at Shea, and he's a Long Island native. You know, obviously got the MSC, MSG sellouts, but he played last play at, at Shea Stadium before they tore it down, and that was pretty epic. So Bon Jovi playing the opener of MetLife, I did not know that. Yeah, pretty cool. And I know you still, to this day, talk about that being one of your favorite concerts. So oh, yeah, when he shut down Veterans Stadium in Philly, that must have been pretty cool. And he's got John Bon Jovi, a lot of connections to Philadelphia, actually. So in 2004, almost 20 years ago, he became the founder and primary owner for the Philadelphia Soul, which is an arena football team based in Philadelphia. He actually helped promote the arena football league because it was getting started back in the early 2000s late 90s and he, he did a bunch of television commercials for the league with with john elway who was a hall of fame quarterbacker for the denver broncos he actually uh was a co-owner of a team out in colorado and um so john bon jovi was just always trying to help lift up the arena football league the philadelphia soul which would go on to win uh, some arena football league championships and oh yeah they they've won multiple oh totally rob they they are, are a big deal they're definitely uh for a long time they were the best football team in philadelphia just gonna say it just gonna put it out there <laughs> but those eagles those eagles baby those eagles, uh, baby no longer no longer an owner um any any longer in philadelphia but he actually looked into and was willing and interested in purchasing 15% of the Atlanta Falcons back in 2011 for a cool $150 million that he was willing to put up to become a stakeholder in the Atlanta Falcons organization, which a friend of the pod, Arthur Blank, founder of uh, Home Depot, he uh, is the actual owner to this day. But uh, Arthur, thanks for all that you do for us. They want to buy the bills too. Well, so back in 2014, I'm glad you brought that up. So he takes his first crack at an NFL organization in 2011, doesn't come to fruition. So then him and a group of investors get together and they got all the way to the final round of bidding to acquire the Buffalo Bills. And this was back in 2014. 
Um, they didn't end up getting it. As you can imagine, you know, you're buying these franchises for hundreds of millions of dollars. So um, only a few select individuals and organizations can really uh, bid on them. And um, he got to the final stage. He was one of just a handful. It ended up going to Terry Pagula, who at the time and now is still the owner of the Buffalo Sabres National Hockey League team up in Buffalo. He owns both the Bills and the Sabres. His daughter, oh, by the way, star tennis player Jessica Pagula. Um, fun fact there. But uh, he outbid John Bon Jovi back in 2014, and uh, he never became owners of a NFL team. The fun trivia facts with John Bon Jovi and the NFL don't stop there, Rob. They just keep going. And that's like this podcast that just keeps going. Go. It will not stop. Episode 125. Unbelievable. What well, 125? Podcast. I said 126 earlier. Jeez. You're getting excited. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rain on the parade. 126 is right around the corner. I can't wait for us to release that podcast. It's coming up soon, folks. I can't Episode wait to read about it. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. Episode 125. Let's finish off here. Let's talk a little bit more about Bon Jovi and all the great things he's done. And then we'll put a bow on this one. Well, so Rick, you're missing out some key parts right here. We'll talk about Bon Jovi, but then we'll bring it back to you meeting them. I think, you know, you're absolutely right. And that's kind of why we wanted to do this podcast is because our podcast is all about experiences with loved ones and making memories and yes, I've had the opportunity to meet these individuals and um, man, they just really, really special memories. All facts. I'll never forget. So anyway, Rob, John Bon Jovi, he's close friends with New England Patriots owner, Robert Kraft and head coach Bill Belichick. In fact, fun fact, John Bon Jovi, he actually owns two Super Bowl rings from the Patriots. And he's performed several times for Patriots home games at Gillette Stadium. The band Bon Jovi, they headlined the 2002 NFL kickoff live from Times Square concert. It's an event that they do every year. And it's something that the NFL tries to, in efforts to promote the upcoming season, do something fun for uh, the people. And in 2002, Bon Jovi kicked things off and Rob, this to me was like the coolest, funniest little nugget that I thought was really neat. So last year we all enjoyed the Super Bowl out in Los Angeles. It was between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals at halftime. I really felt it was one of the greatest halftime shows of all time. Do you remember the halftime show? Yeah, it was amazing. It was yeah. Snoop Dogg, Dre, uh who else who else is Kendrick in? Lamar Mary J Blige Eminem. Eminem 50 Cent was even a part of it oh, yeah, he and... was hanging from the rafters <laughs> here's what was so funny when I read this article is apparently and I didn't know this obviously I wasn't there but they always try to keep the halftime show a big surprise like what's it gonna be who's gonna be in it like they advertise a little bit but they really want it to be like one of the biggest, best concerts of the year because all eyes are on the Super Bowl. And the halftime show is just such a big theatrical performance. And what was really funny was that for weeks, 
leading up to last year's halftime show, they were doing um, rehearsals inside SoFi Stadium, trying to get all the dancers and um, just everything that they needed to perform that show. Uh, they needed to get everything all, you know, in rhythm, like you would, like a practice. Right. So they say so they did all these uh, rehearsals for weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. And it was reported that what they did was they blasted, they put speakers all around the outside of the stadium during rehearsals. And that was so, uh, what they did was they blasted John Bon Jovi and Red Hot Chili Peppers as well for hours, pretty much every day for several weeks while the rehearsals were taking place so that fans, people nearby, wouldn't hear the music that was being played inside the stadium for the eventual show. And uh, so fans have to thank and credit Bon Jovi a tad bit for last year's halftime success. Just a little bit, just a little bit. He's never actually performed a halftime show himself and that ship's probably sailed, but really? uh, I that's, like, I feel like he might've done that before. No, no, he's never actually performed one, but Hey, what are you going to do? What are you gonna and do? then, um, so yeah, we'll bring this all together. We'll tie this one up here with me getting a chance to meet these guys. Uh, and before we do that though, John Bon Jovi, he had started this organization called the Philadelphia soul charitable foundation and back in 2007, he began rehabilitating a block of 15 homes in North Philadelphia. To this day, if you were to go into northern parts of Philadelphia, you would see, and I've driven by, and it's just like incredible, 15 homes, this couple blocks of uh, just this area that really needed some assistance. And to do that, uh, his connection in Philadelphia is pretty strong and uh, really cool for just anybody to be able to give that time and resources to helping those in need. So Rob, I love that, that connection of Philly. And then he brought that effort and energy to where we grew up in a town called Red Bank, New Jersey. And uh, he, he then created um, this, uh, it's called the JBJ Soul Kitchen. And uh, it's basically set up where patrons, uh, they can pay for their meals and if they can afford 10 bucks 20 bucks 100 bucks uh, for their meals then you pay what you can afford and what you want to give and then if you can't you can volunteer and and work you know sweeping the floors cleaning dishes um kind of helping out bussing tables whatever and uh in return you can get a meal for that so uh it's in an area that um you know there's a lot of people in need and uh, this was years ago, but I think it was back in 2016, I had uh, signed up. I wanted to support, volunteer, and I volunteered over there a bunch. But I mean, it was just super coincidental. I had no tips, no insight. Uh, rumor had it he never, very, very rarely ever popped by. And I just was working there. I remember it was like on a Sunday. It was like winter time. It was cold and only a handful of customers, patrons came through the door and I was helping out and uh, couldn't believe it, Rob. I couldn't believe it. John Bon Jovi was standing right there. Right, right, right time, right place happens. Yeah. And he went around and he thanked everybody and, um, you know, was showing some friends what the whole setup was, but really cool. His dad actually is uh, one of the main chefs there all the time, uh, cooking in the back, helping out. And then um, also too, his wife, uh, Dorothea, is very involved with it as well, running the kind of maybe like the 
more day-to-day operations. He, you know, obviously isn't able to run the day-to-day, but definitely without him, it wouldn't have happened. And uh, so that was pretty cool. And then, And, and hold on, let's, let's pause right here. We actually have another cool tie to Bon Jovi is that, uh, so our mom, you know, she, she was doing whatever she could to support us. And, and she, um, she was a nanny and a housekeeper, uh, for Bon Jovi. What are the odds? I for mean, like, this was for like a solid six months. She just couldn't do it because he had too many stairs in his place. And he, she took another <laughs> position with a different family that didn't have as many stairs. She complained about the stairs. If I talked to her, if I talked to her about Bon Jovi, she goes too many stairs in that house. Wait. <laughs> And to this day, she won't go upstairs <laughs> for her to get upstairs. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, yeah, you're absolutely right, Robin. That was that was 20, 30 years ago, man. So uh, yeah, just the connection there is pretty awesome and uh, really cool stuff there. Shout out to John Bon Jovi, friend of the pod, and the with Bruce Springsteen, it was like that same calendar year, twenty sixteen ish time frame. What and a this year was to be, what a year to be Ricky Brandt. Oh my gosh, on fire at that point, but um gosh some would say the flame really got put out after that i i mean uh what 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 (laughs) so um he had relative he has relatives and uh he's not the only musician in their whole family in fact him and his uh wife patty they uh, who have i think three or four kids together they um also live in the central new jersey area which is where um, you know, kind of spent most of their lives and, um, they have family in the area and some of them play, uh, music. His wife used to sing and perform as well. And, um, so I had gotten an inside tip, Rob, we used to put these like little, like community concerts on. I mean, I'm talking real, real small stuff, maybe, maybe like 50 people would come and watch these and some little town band would perform nothing big. And, uh, I remember we were friends with like a relative of Bruce Springsteen, like a cousin or a second distant aunt, whatever the situation was. And, um, and so we were friendly with them. And I remember they had said some sort of like tip, like, Hey, might want to go to the show tonight. I think he might be there kind of wink, wink. And uh, I had never interacted with or seen in person. I had never actually been to a Bruce concert before, which is shame on me. I mean, come on. But um, I kind of went thinking, man, I might meet him. I might meet him. And lo and behold, the guy rolls up as cool as a cucumber, just nonchalant, hangs out, kind of lays and chills on like a a beach blanket sort of thing with the family watching, just enjoying, relaxing. And, um, you know, I was kind of organizing some things at the time. So um, paths crossed, chatted it up. I remember asking him, Rob, I said, who's, who's your favorite musician? You know who Bruce Springsteen says is his favorite musician? Who? Carlos Santana. No. Yeah. And you know what? Carlos Santana is, he's phenomenal. He's really amazing. Yeah. He's a performer, Rob. He, he knows how to perform, give the people what they want. And musically, he's as gifted and as creative as you can be. Dude, Carlos Santana. Yeah. And uh, so the boss was phenomenal. We had a great time, great evening. And uh, word got out. And next thing you know, instead of having 50 people at the show, there was a lot more there. Let's just say that. Um, No, but great, great memories. Shout out to Bruce Springsteen. Also fan of the pod. 
Um, one of these days we'll get the gang back together again and maybe collaborate for a little little podcast, the four of us. Get the gang back together. <laughs> I don't ever remember being with them. So I, I mean I must have been blacked out. I don't remember that, but okay. <laughs> happens, happens to the best of them, Rob. This is episode 125, a rock and roll edition. For all you listeners out there, I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt. We're the Brothers Brandt. Thanks for listening.